Welcome to Tipping Point, the power of clarity, where we go live with experts to unlock your potential, to maximize your performance, your life, for you to live your best life. Um, I'm your host, Amina Zamani, and in the 15 years that I have been coaching, working with individuals, corporations, I've learned three things. People are looking for experience, strength, and hope. They're looking for inspiration, and what they want is someone to give them the shortcut they want to learn from people's mistakes and they want tactical, applicable things that they can implement today. So that's exactly what we do in this podcast. Every single episode, you walk away with specific strategies that you can implement today. So today our host is Stacy Anderson. She is my personal friend and just an incredible human being, an incredible leader. She is the president and CEO of Pro Youth and Families. Pro Youth and Families is... I think one of the best nonprofits in the country, Um, literally their mission is to help create a world in which people want to belong, uh, starting with youth and starting with children. And for all of you out there, you know that it starts with the kids, right? And so they provide personal development for youth at risk, for youth to become healthy adults. And I think we could all use a little bit of those lessons. So Stacey, welcome. Thank you for being here. I'm I'm super excited, and I you know I think you said the the word hope as a you know to, to for me to be able to help right and support people in being leaders with hope uh, and really learning how to have that and and that's absolutely what we're doing at Pro Youth and Families as well. It's all about being hope dealers, and I think that that's really that a great expression. That's yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't say state that. That's not my original theme. But when I read that once about leaders, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly. We're hope dealers. That makes sense. Wow. Okay. So, oh, I have so many questions now. Hope dealers. Okay. So for context, let's let's back up here for a second. And Stacy, just in a few words, would you tell everybody sort of your work, who you are, and what Pro Youth and Family does? Right. So I have been working in the nonprofit world for my whole career, over 30 years. And um, it really started with uh, work that I was doing at Planned Parenthood. I was offered an opportunity to be able to do that. And I learned a lot through that job, just in terms of I was allowed to be able to do anything from working the front desk and understanding the operations piece to answering the phone and dealing with clients and even being back in the in the, in the room with the client, you know, uh, doing blood work and a, a variety of different things. And I think that what has always been so wonderful about nonprofit work is you really get the opportunity to experience a variety of things, learn a lot more about yourself. And, you know, of course, it's always uh, wonderful work because it's I've always felt really passionate about it. And my career has always really been primarily working with young people and always really recognizing the fact that we have got to invest in the preventative end. So uh, my career has gone from working at a community clinic for 13 years, 
to 20 years with pro youth and families. And I think that that's, you know, people are always surprised at how long I've been here, but I love the fact that you can reinvent the wheel all the time. And, uh, you know, these, these, I don't have to work in systems that are stuck. Yeah, no, totally. Um, your background is just really, really impressive. Um, the reason that I thought you would be such an amazing guest is really for two reasons. I think you share passion for empowering youth, which is, I think, what we need. And then second, I think you have a really interesting formula for um, persistence and having grit and just getting things done. I think it would be interesting to just start off to talk about your particular tipping point. Pro Youth and Families has been an amazing organization, but there was a time where you guys weren't sure if you could make it. Right. Uh, if you could go on and continue to provide the support for children. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. I mean, I think the non the thing about nonprofit work is I always say it ain't for sissies, right? And, it, <laughs> there are, and, and you just have to be in it. And, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about for me is I struggled as a, as a young person with a, with a dyslexia. Actually, I call it the gift of dyslexia. There was a big book written about that. And so I always had to fight fight for the class that I, I really felt like I should be in versus the classes that they wanted to put me in. You know, so there was always that um, I couldn't take things for granted and just kind of move along easily. I had to really be out there willing to advocate for myself. And I think that that fight really allowed me to be, pers I was always very persistent about what I knew I deserved uh, and, and really learned a lot about fighting those systems, right? So I think that that's so true with, with nonprofit work is it's always changing, always evolving, and you have to be in it for the long, uh, specifically in the arena of prevention. Um, young people and, and pro-youth and families, again, we're all about being hope dealers. So we young, teach young people how to be civically engaged. We teach them to be advocates. We train them to be mentors. We really give them the tools to support them in changing the world, right? Because that's really what we need now more than ever. And I think that that is, it's always in our society in particular, we specifically in the United States, we go to the other end where everybody's now, I mean, let's look at the homeless situation. The homeless situation is there because there are a lot of other initial factors that were not addressed early on. And, and I don't know why it's so hard, but it's so hard to fight for the initial investment upstream. It's, and that's been my, my whole career. And I think that um, uh, we got to, I got up to a point after 25, 26 years in this field, specifically when there was the great recession, that I found myself, like we were fighting, fighting for every penny. And we were an organization then of about $800,000. And we had stayed at that amount for quite some time. And we were doing a lot, but we started to lose money. and. Um, there was a point where another organization that, that does work with families, we were, we were merging. And, and the woman we were, I was merging with was also an executive director. And we had just had, you know, a really bad, I lost a $250,000 contract, which was significant. And she had just lost a million dollar contract. And the two of us were just like ready to be done yeah. with the nonprofit world, just done. Yeah. And what was so amazing is I was in an office with a huge window and outside this whole thing, this whole scene of a woman and her boyfriend and their child, and they were just fighting 
you know, and yelling at each other and grabbing the child. And the two of us who, this is our field, sat there and were like, well, we could totally give up, but here's this sign that it isn't time to give up. But we really can't stay in it unless we change up the game. And at that time, we just opened up our notebooks again and said, let's restructure how nonprofits work together because this is not the environment we want to do it in. And we, from that day, so that was like six years ago, we started bringing in other executive directors, other partners, and really started having conversation about what do we want to be doing collectively? How do we bring more money into the field to all of us also work together to really support young people in the prevention? So what you're talking about is, you know, alone, you guys were almost sinking. And when you had this inspiration, you had this tipping point of like, hey, we can't go on anymore. We need to work together. And the group mind is what sort of made pro stronger than ever. Right. And that's yeah. that's that's always been my work. Right. I am a collaborator. I love working with people. And yeah. I think that we just don't support each other enough. And I think we were having a conversation earlier just about my leadership style. You know, I've, I think the most important job I have is is head cheerleader, right? Looking yeah. at where we can go. I, I even, I joke, I have a pom-pom that I used actually the other day on a call where everybody was just so, you can feel so tired and overwhelmed. And it's like, we can do this. Yeah. And I think that we need to bring, we need to bring people up together and we don't do that enough. Yeah. No, okay. So th- you you said something really, really important, right? You talked about, really starting with enthusiasm and passion. And you did the collaboration in service of a mission because you knew that it starts with children. You knew that if you empower children now, right, at the inception of their development, they end up being successful, healthy adults. Right. Um, What I think is so interesting about child psychology, right, is their brain isn't fully formed until I think 25. Yeah. Human psychology is through 25, but the most influential period of their life is from one to seven and then up to nine. And yet it feels to me like that's when we do the least amount of development. Most people start their development when they're teens or when they're adults. And by that time, not that it's too late, of course, but it's less impactful. Yeah. And every single person in society that I think has created mayhem or whatever, like they're victims of victims, right? Hurt people, hurt people. And so what you're trying to do is to prevent that. And your number one strategy when you all got stuck is, hey, when in doubt, reach out. Literally, that's what your organization was called. People reaching out. Originally, that's right. So so like tip number one for everyone to walk away with is, hey, if you feel stuck, right, there's this feeling of hopelessness. Like usually people commit, I mean, this is aggressive, but people will commit suicide because they feel there is no hope. Right. Yes. And, and, you know, Tim Ferriss has talked about his podcast about planning his suicide. And what he did is he talked to people about it. And of course he didn't commit suicide. Now he's this amazing author helping millions of people. But when in doubt, reach out. Like that's that sounds to me like your number one success formula is like, hey, you were able to save this nonprofit, take it from less than a million to millions. And you had the wherewithal, you dropped your ego to reach out. So what would you say? (laughs) So what would you say, um, you know, 
was your other success formula? You reached out, you collaborated, you made it happen. What were some other things that you did? Well, you know, I talk a lot about the power of yes. Oh, we cool. are surrounded by cool. so, I mean, on a day-to-day -day basis, right? You bring up an idea and people go, mm, yeah, no, that's not going to work. We okay. all work with systems that the first thing that they're going to say is, oh yeah, we don't, we don't do it that way. We can't do it that way. Okay. And you know, when we started pulling people together for the collective, that was our theme. It's say yes, say yes first. Um, because even if it's, you know, we, I think we worry so much about what might happen, yeah. but we can say no to things along the way. Sure. But if you don't say yes Enough. initially to, to some, some really important things, you miss an opportunity. And I think that um, we're a society that it's very, we're, we're comfortable with saying no. Right. And that, that was the most powerful thing was coming together as leaders and just saying, yeah, we can do this. Yes, let's try that. Yes, let's experience something a little bit differently. Let's, yes, let's put our egos aside, which is yeah. never an easy thing to do. But yeah. really that, that has been a huge, a huge thing that, that I think makes a big difference. Yeah, it does make a difference actually. And what I know about you is that you're not, you're not just a cheerleader, right? Like you are a strategic cheerleader. You start with enthusiasm. You say yes to all things, which is just like magnanimous, like leadership skills, which is why I just respect and love you so much. By the way, everyone, like I've known Stacey for, I think, like 15 years <laughs> and she's been, yeah, just like a wonderful human being. Um, and that's what I know about her is that outwardly you're very enthusiastic positive but inwardly you're always thinking 15 steps ahead how do we actually implement this so talk to me about um you know you have this enthusiasm but if you're blindly flailingly you're like yes 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 yes, that's that's going to set you up for failure because you're not being strategic so how do you include yeah. the yeah. strategy what are the steps you take you know i have always surrounded myself with really super smart people Okay. who are um, great partners. And I think that's I one of my gifts for sure is that I recognize people yeah. who can be a part of the team, work yeah. well on the team and complement where my weaknesses are. I think I'm really good at saying, yeah, not that, not that. This is not what I do, right? I'm really good at the vision and then I need the roadmap people, right? <laughs> and, too, yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I totally, rec and my team recognizes that. I mean, they're okay. Stacey has big vision. All right. But I, I think it's, <laughs> you know, and one of the things that made us so successful with the Youth and Family Collective is, um, and I call her my partner in crime, Aaron Stone, who was the other executive director that I was working with. We would just throw a piece of paper up on the wall and three months plan. What do we need? What are we going to accomplish these next three months? What's our bigger vision, but how are we going to do that on a regular basis? And we would just throw it up there and just move forward with it. And I yeah. think people also get stuck by, oh, it's got to be this thing. It's got to be this way. Uh, you know, the process is, is part of learning. You have to be responsive in the work we're doing with young people. We all know, first of all, look at COVID. Everything changed. Everything yeah. has changed. Um, young people change all the time in terms of the things that they're doing and seeing and saying and feeling. And so 
we have to be responsive, but you also have to have, yes, this bigger vision of where you want to go, but you also have to be flexible in that. And I think bringing people as partners with me who give me the vision, also the insight and our roadmap builders um, has really been a lot of, I think, what allows me to be successful in, in running this organization. Okay, cool. So, so that's your three-step formula right there. Like you basically start out big picture, right? You, you have the, this innate sort of power of yes, and then you lead with your strengths and have other people fill in, fill in the gaps. That makes sense to me. You know, when in doubt, reach out, definitely the power of yes, and then lead with your strengths and have a good team around you. Yeah. And I think it, Absolutely. And I, and I think that um, one of the things that I talk about all the time is um, assume good intent, specifically when we are building partnerships. I mean, my work is all about partnerships, all of it. And I think we all as human beings get to this place where we want to assume that somebody's not in it for the right reason. And when you start or that they're angry or they're, you know, they're just all sorts of things that we start playing around in our heads. Right. And when you go, when you address that, when you approach people with that, um, you don't get the best of people and you don't move projects for, I mean, we cannot do this work by ourselves at all. Um, all of the bigger issues that we're dealing with right now, we have to put our egos aside. We have to assume good intent intent because in general, I think most people, really do have good intent. It's just the way they, they get there, right? And I think people are so insecure themselves that we have to remember that a lot of times people's responses to what we're asking them to do is really about their own insecurities. And I think that that's hugely important that we remember that we're all human beings when we're addressing these issues and doing this work. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a real strong place for assuming good intent. Then you also talked about, um, you know, having a team that you believe in and trust. So if you're if you have somebody that's not a great team member, you can continue to assume positive intent, but they're not fulfilling their part. So, right. As you have this formula, what is your discernment strategy of making sure that the team members are right to support you and the mission? Well, I think that that's something actually we're talking as an organization now even more, you know, that we really need to, um, you know, it's really about checking in on a regular. It's having those conversations every single week with the people that you're working with and working through things together. I mean, I think, again, if and we've I've helped many people on to next careers. Right. Many times people are in a place where they're just they're tired. You know, they, they, they're, they've maxed out on what they can do in the organization and that's okay. And I think that that's really um, being able to work with people and um, acknowledge when I don't think this is for you anymore. Um, and recognizing early on when somebody just isn't a good match and, and being, having the courage because, and I say courage because it's, it is hard to let go of people and be honest with them. I think that that's a a difficult thing, but I also think it's really important to, um, to have those conversations all along the way and and really with, with people that that's hugely important so that they're not surprised about what's going on or what the expectations are. And a lot of times people are really uncomfortable and want to, want to get out of it and don't know how. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think really what you're talking about is be a head cheerleader, be super positive, invest in people, but tell them the truth and be, and have clear boundaries. So you're doing, it's a, you know, Jeff Wiener, previous CEO of LinkedIn always talked about having compassion. Being compassionate is when you tell the truth, even if it's hard. I get, I get a feeling you're not happy here or whatever. Right. So, so within your success formula, the main crux and the foundation of is you got to call things out early and tell the truth. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. So we're coming uh, almost to the end of the podcast. I think your success formula is amazing. It's such a good reminder. They're like, you know, there's, they're not complicated, but they're powerful strategies. And I know for a fact you live them and you remind yourself of that. What do you do if you forget one day, you know, when you've lost a little bit of hope or you want to say no, but you know, you need to say yes. Like, what do you do in those moments? You know, I think somebody said when you hit a wall or something bad happens and you're frustrated, you've got 15 minutes to fall apart. 15 minutes, right? And you just basically, it's like, I hate it. I'm angry. As a matter of fact, I have, my husband gave me a while ago, a damn it doll, right? Boom, 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 right? So give yourself, allow yourself that time because it is frustrating. And, and, you know, people do push and push and push, but I think it's just limiting myself to about 15 minutes and then just saying, okay, Stacy. It's okay. Think it through and let's move forward. And there's a song, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to keep, you're never going to keep me down. That Mm -hmm. song has helped me through a lot of stuff because you do, you get knocked down. You just got to get back up again. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that, that's just what you have to do. You have to kind of give yourself some strategies and how to breathe through it. And staying in that place is not going to get you to the next place. No. And you, and you talk about the power of gratitude, keeping you aligned, you know, how do you stay grateful on a regular basis? I, you know, that's a super good, I I think it's just being with the people, working with the people that I I get to work with and, you know, talking to other people too. And, and they're not as happy about the work that they're doing. I feel very lucky that I get to work in a, in a field where it's, I'm passionate about it every day. Right. Oh, wow. Well, so it's well, not necessarily looking at what people are unhappy about, but in general, I know through talking to lots of people yeah. that I am very lucky to have had a career like this. Wow. Okay. So, so you're so passionate about this. I understand some of the impact that you all have made. Um, before we close, can you share like a could be a compelling story, a simple story, just any story that you have experienced? Um, you know, through pro that has really impacted a child's life or a family's life? Well, you know, I think real quickly during COVID, we had to really redesign a lot of programs. And the one program that I'm so, and and really was through this collective power. Our collective has about 70 organizations now that are part of it. And um, we knew that young people and their families were just in such a hard position and they were trapped and isolated and basically we created a program called Sac Youth Works that got $500 out to young people, to over 1,200 young people, and paid them to work, um, to work wow. out in the community and to train wow. them 
And we worked with 52 nonprofit organizations to make that happen. So those young people had stories of using that money to buy a mattress, right? Using that money to pay for food for the families. I mean, people were in dire straits. And I feel like that was such a success because we worked together with other nonprofits. We could really get out in the community what these young people needed at a time when everybody was incredibly desperate and isolated. And that has been a, a really successful program. And I think uh, has impacted young people on a whole different level. Wow, that is so cool. Talk about um, extrinsic motivation. <laughs> I will pay you. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And just to feel like there, you know, there's purpose and hope. And I think that those are the things that um, are so important uh, for anyone, but specifically for a young person trapped in their house without having those opportunities. Yeah, that's amazing. So like the crux of what keeps you going is you believe in it, in the work so much and you're so passionate about it but also you have guardrails and really specific systems that keep you going. Um, I guess like any final words for somebody that's maybe, I don't know, looking for their passion, if they haven't found it yet, or somebody that has fallen down and they're afraid to get back up again, any kind of final parting words? You know, I think you said it earlier, and it's really connecting with other people. I think when we stop having conversations with people, and during this last two years, yeah, you know, those those just being in the grocery store and seeing someone you you know and chatting about things, yeah. I think that we just you need to reaching out and talking to other people and asking questions of people that you think yeah. really do live a passionate life, right? Um, to me, that that makes all the difference in the world. It does. Wow. So I, I just, it's really the power of reaching out. That is the number one thing. You are not alone. As alone as somebody might feel, you are not alone. Just reach out. And if you don't know what to say, you can reach out to someone and say, I don't know how to ask for help. I don't know what to do, but I'm reaching out. I'm just making this call, like as a starting point. You know, right. I think that's like for anyone watching this today, like what's one outreach you can do today, you know, and just yeah. to just to like make one outreach a day or a week. I mean, that could make a massive difference. Right. Yeah. And just ask a question. I mean, if there's something that you're really thinking about and trying to figure out, don't do it by yourself. Don't people do it are yourself. so wise. You learn so much from having conversations with people. Oh, you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. I love that so much. Well, thank you, Stacey. And where can we learn more about you or Pro Youth and Families? You can go on our website, proyouthandfamilies.org, and um, check that out, the work that we're doing. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, (laughs) And, you know, you can always contact me at Stacey, S-T-A-C-I-A, at... Uh, people reaching out. I mean, okay. proyouthandfamilies.org. I knew I was going to do that. <laughs> it used to be people reaching out. It used to be people reaching out. Yeah. 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 We changed awesome. the name just so you better understood who we, you know, who we're reaching and working with. 
Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone. Again, I'm Mina Zamani. I'm your host. You can find me on LinkedIn, obviously. This is a show that goes live on LinkedIn. Um, you can find this podcast on Spotify, um, Apple. You can find it on YouTube, Facebook. We'll post it on Instagram. And I'm at, at Zamani.amina. So thanks, everyone. Let me know what you think. Uh, mostly what I really want to know is, did you make an outreach today or this week? And what were the results? Please, please let us know. I've been hearing from a lot of you. You've been talking about the positive impact of uh, some of our content. Please keep it up. It helps us. All right, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Amina. Bye.